From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Daniel Rodriguez from Simpler. Daniel, it's really nice to have you on. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation, Brad. Yeah, I'm super excited. So tell me a bit about yourself and about your company. I am a marketer, although I don't know if that's what I would have told myself 15 years ago. It's always good to, to get that out in the open to people because I think that in many ways, people expect you to know what you were going to do for a living from the moment you graduated from high school or from college. And the reality is that I have only been a marketer for nine years. I was previously in strategy consulting and finance. And when, as John Mayer said, I was having my quarter life crisis, I decided to moonlight at a wine app drink because it was a perfect combination of really wanting to dive into the startup operating side and try to kill two birds with one stone with my love for wine. And that whole experience really got me hooked went to business school in order to change my career onto the operating side. And then while I was at business school, I received some advice from one of the founders of HubSpot, Dharmesh Shah. He said, you're either building it, you're selling it, or you're getting in the way. And I don't know how to code. So I needed to do something to basically help a startup company sell what they were doing. And because I myself don't fashion myself to be a very good salesperson, particularly, it felt like maybe marketing was a great place to be because I love storytelling. I love positioning. I love the strategy, the go-to-market strategy that a company deploys. So all those things really fit. So in many ways, I've found a home for myself in marketing. Nice. I love it. And a little bit about a little bit about Simpler. So Simpler is, I think, in many ways, trying to disrupt a lot of what's going on in the customer support and customer experience technology world. Mm. Because right now, a lot of leaders at companies, we work with a lot of e-commerce retail companies, but this is broad. This is broad in its applicability. If you've got a lot of different customers, it is really difficult to meet this customer expectation of immediacy. We talk about how Amazon has screwed us all up. Mm. <laughs> we have now basically all turned into Veruca salt in our wanting everything now. And the system, the approach that companies have previously taken to meet this customer expectation was not really built for the Veruca salt of the world. It was built for a nice, forgiving Midwesterner. And I am from Ohio originally, and I felt like I used to be that person. And just a couple of years ago, I feel like I totally switched over to this. And there's a lot of data that actually supports how few people are willing to just wait what would be considered kind of basic amounts of time. Hey, we'll get back to you within 24 hours with this email that you sent us asking about whether or not we have this in size or if I could return this item. And people are just absolutely not willing to wait like that anymore. Mm. So we are really on a mission to disrupt the traditional BPO contact center model 
and to bring technology to bear in order to do that in really savvy ways that always makes a person feel like I'm getting the human interaction that I really need. Nice. I love that. So let's dive into what marketing looks like in this space for you guys. What are some upcoming initiatives? What are some things you have going on that you're getting excited about this year and all that? Yeah, we we are a B2B tech company. And I've been running marketing at B2B, three different B2B tech companies now. This is my third B2B tech company. And there, there are certain plays, I think, that people are making in the early run-up of a company. So I also, and just for people's kind of background, right? Like my experience has been working at companies that are in the that are in the zero to $40 million of annual revenue, annual recurring revenue. And for those who have read Jeff Buskang's book, he divides companies into three phases. He says, you're either, you're either in the woods or you're in the wilderness, you're chopping through trees and trying to figure out where is the pathway here, this kind of pre-product market fit. You're either in the second phase, which is you're on a dirt path but you're still getting annihilated by mosquitoes and you're still trying to figure out when is this going to get easier. And then the third path that you get on is full scale. When you have not only product market fit, but you've figured out all of these processes and you're probably expanding into other adjacent markets, either with different products or with different verticals that you're going after. And my set of experiences has really been in those first two phases. Hmm. I haven't worked at a company that's just in full paved road phase. In those first two phases, it is critically important to figure out who you are and also explicitly who you're not and who you're not trying to sell to. So we have been working really hard on creating a category and we want to be going out and telling this story to the market. Because fundamentally, a lot of companies are struggling, I think, to figure out where should I be focusing my effort. So this now customer that we're talking about, this Veruca Salt in all of us, we are talking about this being the now CX movement, where Mm -hmm. companies are needing to reformulate the way that they are building their support and pre-sale interaction function, because those overlapping circles in a lot of companies are getting closer and closer together, especially an e-commerce retailer. That's all they do. So we're launching a category and some of the big things that we're doing, we had a big event, a virtual event, obviously here at the hopefully feeling like the latter half of a pandemic. We had a, We had a really successful event called Momentus 2021, and we're writing a book we're writing a book on 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 this whole movement that this now CX movement it's titled experience is everything how to win the hearts minds and wallets of the now customer and and that's coming out a little bit later this year hmm. so we are i think in many ways doing going for it doing big things but also not trying to do too many things. Mm. You know, I think it's one thing that I feel like I've really appreciated from the book Play Bigger, which I would highly recommend for anybody who feels like, hey, maybe we should be trying to create a category and finding our way in the market and develop that narrative. Because in many ways, Play Bigger also just gives the marketing function permission to organize itself around one thing and not try to do five different campaigns simultaneously. It's just, there is one big thing that we're going to do and we're going to do multiple things toward it over time. 
Nice. I love that. That's so exciting. You're in that stage and it's uh, so much fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. I personally, I was just talking to somebody on, on my team today about this, who for, for him, it's his first time being at a high growth startup like this. I've only been at high growth startups every year for the past nine years of my career, the company has grown its revenue at least hundred percent. Wow. And in this past year at this company, it was 400%. Holy God. Just an absolutely (laughs) massive growth. And that growth, I think that for a lot of people, the idea of growth is just generally exciting. There's a lot of things happening at a company. New people are coming in. People are getting promoted. There's just, it does beget a lot of great things for people's careers, but it can also be really overwhelming to a lot of people. There's so many things going on. And your list of running things that you have to do because you are wearing your hat plus the two other hats that your boss asked you to wear can feel like I can never end a day and feel done with the day. There is some sense of like, how do you get comfortable in this environment so that you are not just basically freaking out all the time and then feeling like, you can get burnt out, you know, you know, from it. So I feel like I have years ago now at this point, I think reached a little bit of a happy medium around it, but it is always good to, to also remind myself, like this is just how it is in, in these environments. Very high energy, certainly. Yeah, totally. So what advice do you have for other marketers that are going through this? They're in the same place and all that. What are ways in which you found to do marketing very well? What are some strategies that have worked well and all that sort of stuff? I think getting very clear alignment on your positioning and being bold with it is incredibly important. There's a lot of pressure, I think, within a company for the company to feel like it is standing out. But if you source everyone's different ideas about how to stand out and then feel like you're trying to appease everybody internally and reduce that into a combination of everybody's idea, it will invariably be undifferentiated and probably somewhat boring and somewhat similar to either from a design perspective and what your website looks and feels like to just the language that you're using and the clarity that you're bringing to the market about what it is that you do. So I would encourage people to go for it. I think People see the data that shows CMOs last on average like 1.9 years in their role and think, wow, I better not mess up. And I think the approach should really be, hey, if I don't swing for the fences, I am going to strike out. Like, mm, like yeah. I, I will, if I, I, because really the organization needs me to hit a home run. So if I, maybe a better analogy would be, so if I'm only just trying to hit to get on base rather than swing for the fences, I'm, I might not actually do enough to get this company to propel outside of the atmosphere. Because in many ways, startup companies that are super high growth, they are attempting to pierce through the atmosphere. You are on this rocket. Everyone knows you're on this rocket ship, but really you have to actually get out of orbit. You mm. have to get big enough. Yeah. And in order to get big enough, you have to be bold. 
And you can't also try to do too many things at once. So I feel like in my own career, I have stopped trying to appease too many people internally, definitely wanting to feel like we're aligned around our general positioning, but then get bold with it. And so I feel, for instance, Simpler's website, simpler.ai, I'm proud that our website feels differentiated. It feels fresh. It looks fresh. It's telling a story and it's talking about customer pain in a way I think that matches their language. Yeah, totally. I love it. This has been awesome and amazing to have you on this podcast and to talk about this and the marketing journey and where your company's at and all that. Any last thoughts, closing remarks, words of wisdom at all before we run? Oh my gosh. I, marketing can be a lonely place within an organization. I think in many companies, the, the power structure of the companies can lie in the sales function. It can potentially lie in the product function, depending on the company. There aren't that many companies that the power function within the company really is marketing, yet many companies rely on marketing to propel them in their growth. And if you don't have great marketing, then you're not able to achieve what you want to. And I would recommend, and I have benefited immensely from this, I would recommend that you find friends and mentors, either peers, people that have been there before you. I'm certainly open to this with anybody who's out there listening and is interested. Hey, if you see that you are about to go down a path that, that I have described that I'm going down, I would be happy to share some of the things that I've learned. And, and so many marketers are like this. I again, I mentioned that I started off my career in marketing. I was leading a marketing team and I had never done marketing at a B2B tech company. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was incredibly grateful for some guidance from several different marketing leaders that were just totally open and willing to help me out. And I felt like I had a safe space to ask what could have been bad questions or too simple of questions. It gave me a safe space to also feel like, hey, this thing that I'm seeing might be validated because you can see that in this circumstance. Find a mentor and utilize the breadth of experiences that other people have had because in many ways, I think a lot of us are just trying to figure out how to do, do the right sets of things while also remaining on trend. Like some things trend come and go about new ways to get customers, new ways to get attention for people, whether that's a social media channel or whether that's something like direct mail, things ebb and flow, like they're not saturated and so run toward it. And then they are saturated so run away from it. So there's things that are ebbing and flowing like the tides, but then there's also, I think, some things that are bedrock and, and foundational underneath that. And I think being able to talk to people about those things can be really beneficial. So if anyone's interested, I'm more than happy. I don't know if we'll have my contact information in the notes, but but you can reach me. You can reach me on LinkedIn. Totally. That's awesome. Hey, thanks so much for joining and sharing all your wisdom and insights and knowledge. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Thanks.